0: Hey, it's me, Ari Kagan, host of this podcast. Um, This episode is a little bit different. Usually I find something that I've never done and talk to people who have done it. But today we're going to be talking about something I actually did, something that reshaped my entire life. You're listening to Things You Don't Need to Know, and this episode is all about how I dropped out of school in eighth grade. I used to say I hated learning. I would come home every day from school and my mom would ask me, she would say, how was your day today? And I would say, terrible. And she would say, did you learn anything? And I would say, no, I hate learning. That was pretty much how my elementary school went. Here's my sister to elaborate. Oh, I'm doing this thing. State your name and education level.
1: So VK again, I'm in high school right now. Well, my first memory ever is me in mom's arms. She's like stirring a pot and I'm looking at you from from, I'm looking down at you, actually, because um, I'm in mom's arms, but you're, you're screaming like so much. You're screaming, you're crying, you're angry at your first grade teacher. That's my first memory ever. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I angry? I think you were just saying like, you were beyond being angry at her. You were just like, I want out. Like literally just screaming like, get me out of here. Take me out, 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 out.
2: Nicole Kagan. College degree, Bachelor of Fine Arts. What was it like me growing up hating school? I think you were always a creative person and you uh, had a lot of energy and you didn't really have an interest in
0: sitting in a desk, so. I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess, I would say this is a reason a lot of people don't like school, but you're young and you're told you have to do it, so you kind of just go with it. I know I did, and I ended up taking up a lot of the stuff really quickly. David Kagan. I have a master's. You actually have a master's
1: in education,
0: don't you? I have a
3: master's in education. But Ari was a good student. He would walk down the halls and all the other kids in the school would ask him math questions because he had quite a reputation for uh, for being good at math. And he got the best math score in the school, uh, which was a perfect score. He was in third or
1: fourth grade.
0: I think this has more to do with the fact that my dad was an elementary school teacher than it does with actually going to school. In fact, I would often find the correct answer to something, and no one would have any idea how I did it because I didn't do it the school's way of doing it. As the years went by and I moved up through the grades, I kept getting more and more frustrated by things like that and also the fact that we were learning things I didn't really feel were necessary. We're going to have to skip ahead. Just for a brief moment, but there was this one time in seventh grade when I asked my teacher, Why do I need to know this? I used to ask that question a lot. I loved it because if I could find a real world application for something, I could just learn it a lot quicker. So I asked him, his name was Peter. I said, Peter, why do we need to know this? And he told me that it was on the test, which is what I usually heard. And then he told me that we'd only need to know it if our job was literally launching rockets into space. Now, of course, I happen to be in the one class where someone becomes an aerospace engineer. But for everyone else, we would have been much better off learning to do our taxes, which is something they literally don't teach you. Now, this is another problem and not a fight that I'm trying to pick with the U.S. education system today. But why? It's such an obvious thing. Do you know how, do you know how many great math examples could be taught teaching people to do taxes? I'm sorry. The fact that we don't learn how to do taxes just drives me crazy. The point is we're not effectively using our time. Now, there are a number of reasons that this happens, and I'm sure it's different for every teacher, but a lot of it has to do with state-mandated tests. The American school system has been testing since the 1800s, but it wasn't until 1905 that Alfred Binet would develop the first standardized test. It would later evolve into the IQ test, and thus our obsession with scoring people would reach an all-time high. By the 1930s, tests were commonplace in every school across America. Some people accused their multiple-choice nature of encouraging memorization, guessing, and a general departure from problem solving. But with the arrival of computerization, the tests were here to stay. In 2001, things only got worse. No Child Left Behind was a program based on identifying subpar students and helping them out. Unfortunately, it was carried out through mandated standardized testing. Now, in theory, this works great. You give everyone the same test. You identify who did worst, and you take actions accordingly. But in reality, it tremendously takes away from the learning experience. There's so much material on the curriculum and so little time that it's much easier to have kids memorize things than it is to actually learn them. Because quite frankly, it's a lot easier to have people memorize something that they'll only know for three weeks than it is to have them fully learn something. If you don't believe me, look no further than the game show Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Of course you're not. Nobody is, because nobody remembers that stuff because it wasn't taught well. I hate that I'm saying this, but I'm about to quote Ty Lopez. You know, the here-in-my-garage guy.
3: Here in my garage, just bought this uh, new
0: Lamborghini here. Ty once said, why do we need to learn about state birds? And he makes a great point. There's literally no reason you need to know about them unless you're interested in it. As you can tell from this podcast, I'm all for useless information. It sparks curiosity, and hey, maybe you learn something. But there's a time and a place. And with the precious few hours we have at school, making kids memorize something they'll really only need if they go on Jeopardy is not an effective use of that time. And it was because of stuff like this, being forced to memorize things that I didn't really care about, that I grew to hate school. With that being said, I enjoyed the kids there. You know, I enjoyed the stuff that I was doing. I enjoyed having something to do every day. I really liked second grade. I had Mrs. Urich. Uh, in third grade I had Mrs. Brown. They were great teachers and I think they really inspired me. But after that, I kind of just lost the plot. I hated fourth grade. It was so boring. I felt like nothing was happening and we were just repeating the same things over and over again. I know I say the word hate a lot. I don't usually use hate. I truly hated this. I hated everything about it. It was just, I was filled with hate. Part of that hate stemmed from the fact that the school tried to stop one of my businesses. I'd started selling little eraser figures that I drew faces on. I think I charged like 50 cents for them. The school couldn't stand this. And I can understand that because, you know, what parent wants their kids spending all their money on someone's eraser toys? Another theory is that Big Scholastic wanted me out. I was digging too much into their profits. Plus, you know how much book sales have been hurting the last few years. Understanding my strong distaste for the current situation, my parents tried to mix it up a little. So they sent me to private school.
4: I am Sam Levine. I am a sophomore at Ithaca College.
0: I've known Sam since I was literally three. We also went to middle school together.
4: You were a menace in middle school. I mean, let's be real here for a second. We had this one math teacher who, I'm sure they knew what they were doing, but uh, in this moment, our class was like, you're not explaining this well at all. So Ari, in his infinite wisdom, decided to stand up and say, sit down, math teacher, I'm gonna teach this class and it worked, um, and he went up to the board, just made up a math equation uh, that he needed to go fractions. The way you explained it, yeah, you explained it better than she did, and you didn't even know how to do it. You were just swinging it.
3: While they liked the fact that he was engaging and that he was interested and in clearly paying attention, they didn't like the fact that he was kind of taking over the classroom. And I remember on many occasions, they said that he was just co-opting the classes and they couldn't get anything else
4: done. We were talking, we were sitting down in class one morning and our professor, or not our professor, our, our teacher, he says, guys, I know that there's like a lot of stuff going on right now. And I've heard from some people that, you know, there's a lot of there could be some bullying going on. And I really just want to have a conversation about it and see how you're all feeling. And Ari raises his hand. Um, really intense moment. Our whole class is, you know, on edge. Ari raises his hand and says, man, I I, I, I feel bullied and I've really been going through something recently. And uh I really feel like it's affecting my the way I can come to school. And Patrick goes, Oh my god! Well, I'm so sorry. What's going on? Like, let's talk about it. And Ari says, Well, my real problem, Patrick, is you. You sort of just didn't want to deal with his bullshit. And everyone else felt the same way, but you were really the only one who was willing to like get in trouble and call him out.
1: I just remember them like calling the house all the time and being like, Ari's sitting outside of the classroom door, waiting for the day to end. Like, come pick him up because. You know, we just sent him out there. Like, he's just waiting. He's just waiting to leave.
0: At the end of seventh grade, the school and I mutually decided that we should go our separate ways. This wasn't really a meeting or anything. My parents just knew I didn't like it there. And the school knew that I was, as Sam said, a menace to society. So it was, it was a relatively easy decision. But if I'm honest, I wanted to stay there. I know I did all those things, but I liked it probably because they let me do all those things. Um... But at the end of it, I had to go back to public school. Our middle school was a little like a prison. And when I say a little, I mean a lot. It was two stories. It had like separate pods with a corridor in the middle where the warden's office was. Okay, maybe it wasn't that bad. But to go from a private school where you were given a lot of freedom and the administration had a lot of trust in the students, even students like me who would frequently skip classes and just hang out on the playground, it was a big change. I remember on the first day by like fourth period, I was thinking to myself, what the fuck has happened? I went to public elementary school. That felt like school. It felt like you were there to learn, like you were there to gain meaningful experiences. This felt like you were being programmed. 42 minutes here, three minutes in the hall, 40 minutes there. And then on a half day, every class is like 19 minutes and you can't even finish attendance in 19 minutes. I remember after one day, I was so pissed off by the schedule alone that the first thing I did when I got home was tell my mom that I was not going back. Um, I'm sure a lot of kids have said that, but I I was determined. Like there was no way that I was gonna go back. Of course I did. Um, so I was on the school football and soccer team and the season kind of goes until two months into the year. So I made a compromise with my parents that I would stay until the season ended. And at the start of November, we had all this stuff in order for me to come home and start homeschooling. So we played our last game and that's exactly what I did.
3: I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know how it was gonna turn out. I didn't know what you would do. I didn't know if you would get depressed. I didn't know if you'd go off the deep end. I I really didn't know
0: what was gonna happen. I know I said that I dropped out of school. We'll get there right after this commercial break. A lot of parents probably wouldn't let their kids drop out of school. If I'm honest, I'm still curious why mine let me. So I asked them. Hello, I have just a quick question. Dear love. Why did you actually let me drop out of school?
2: Well, you didn't want to be in school. You protested going to school.
0: I feel like children always
2: learn and I felt you were extremely self-motivated.
0: I just feel like a lot of parents wouldn't let their kids do that.
2: Dad had his master's in education and he taught kids. I was always teaching kids, so we figured that you were fine.
0: If I'm honest, I'm kind of disappointed with that answer, but there was no real tension to it. I think I'd worn my parents down to the point where it was really that simple. I was hell-bent on leaving school, but I also clearly liked learning new things and I guess parents will usually do what they think is best for their kids, and they could see I was very unhappy. So I made a sort of compromise. I agreed to try homeschooling first, or at least that's what I told my parents. I
3: was expecting to track your homework assignments and see how you were doing, and none of that happened at all.
0: I originally intended to give these classes a shot and to really do it by the books, but I quickly learned that the online courses are far more dull than normal schooling. And over a few months, I pretty much dropped them all. That's not to say I wasn't still learning, though. I think that most children learn and
2: that uh, when engaged with a secure background or a desire to learn, uh, learning and education happens.
0: My parents were able to classify my time away as unschooling, a type of homeschooling which involves teaching children based on their interests rather than a set curriculum. The only difference between unschooling and what I was doing is that there was no one really guiding me along. I had to find all of this stuff myself. If I wanted to learn something, I had to find it, whether it was at the local library or on YouTube or just from someone actually in person that had experienced these things. Every day it was different. Every day it was a new adventure.
2: I think that, you know, you were very well suited for out of the box thinking and not being in a classroom.
0: The only reason we got that unschooling classification is my mom would take everything that I was doing and write it up into something that in the eyes of the state constituted actual schoolwork.
2: With the state, it's relatively easy to declare yourself as a homeschooler. You need to have a plan. You need to present that plan to your district. And there are other homeschool groups that can help guide people who are interested in that.
0: It's a bit of a process if you're doing it for the first time, And it can be very confusing. So if homeschooling is something you're interested in, I would strongly suggest finding some other local homeschoolers. With all that being said, I never really thought of myself as homeschooled. And yeah, maybe I lied to all my friends' parents about how I was actually doing real school and I would eventually take a test. All of that was total bullshit. See, the truth is, from the second I left school, I did not pick up a single textbook. I did not actively search out the state's curriculum. I just did whatever I wanted, and my parents would write it up in a way that made sense. For example, bake a cake? That's chemistry. Count profits from your shoe resale business? Math. Stay up all night watching Nazi documentaries? History. It was also around this time that I was getting really big into soccer, so an extracurricular.
3: He wasn't just going off by himself, that's what. That's what made me happy is that he was he was he was doing something with other people and and uh, there was a coach.
4: Ari Kagan is a freaking sick soccer player. Let me just throw that out there really quick. He'll nutmeg any of you.
0: And if I'm being honest, my master plan was working perfectly. I'd been out of school for two years now, and I was doing whatever I wanted. That is until 10th grade, when the varsity coach convinced me to join the high school team. This meant that I had to go back to public school. There's this dumb rule that you can't play for the team, even though you pay school taxes and you're doing all the work. The point is, if I wanted to play on the team, I was going back to school. So we handed in all my paperwork. The school made a big fuss about how I wasn't going anywhere in life. And because I hadn't done any schoolwork, I'd have to take lower level classes. But I didn't care because... I was on the team, and that was literally the only reason I was there. As for how they actually let me back into school and what that whole process was like, you pay school tax, so they pretty much have to take you. And all you have to do is fill out a few papers, and you're, you're enrolled again. The goal of the public school system is to pump out people who are young, educated individuals who are ready for the workforce. They're not going to turn you down, even if you quite literally tell them you're not going to do any of the schoolwork.
5: Maximilian. William de Caesar, expelled from high school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll get into that later. Max is one of my best friends, and around this time, he was in a few of my classes.
5: You didn't come to school until you felt like it, did no work whatsoever. I remember in Miss Hatev's class, every single day I came in there, and you were in there, you look at me, look at the clock, and then do a little twirly thing with your finger to speed up the clock. You had your phone out on your desk, you didn't give a fuck what she said, because she was always like, no phones in class, and your phone was always on, on the desk, because was, I assume like some s- supreme drop or something.
0: As you can surmise from Max's testimony, I did not care a single bit about school. The best way I could sum this up is this one time that I went to the guidance counselor's office. It went a little bit like this. So I walk in and we get to talking about stuff and somehow he gets to the subject of me not doing any work. And of course I know I'm leaving so there's no point in doing any of this work that's not gonna count for anything anyway, but he doesn't think that I'm gonna actually follow through with that. So he tells me that I better get my act together or I won't get a military job. Really? The military? Not once in my life have I said that I wanted to go to the military, not once. But here was this guy, someone who was supposed to be giving sound career advice, suggesting my only option was to go and get shot at. If there was any chance that I was gonna stay at that school, that put an end to it. So I played my last game of the season and headed home. I'd been there for almost two months, and this time, I wasn't coming back.
1: Like, pe- like kids our age that knew us, and like, I, like they would talk to me, and they'd be like, damn, like Ari's gonna, he's gonna be like on the streets, basically. Drop out of high school, you're dead, like. I feel like this is a good point to thank
0: my parents for putting up with this. They were actually going through a divorce at the time, so uh, I'm sure it was just another thing that made it even more difficult. But with that being said, the divorce made it really easy for me because they were so preoccupied with that that I could just do whatever I wanted again.
5: Zach Cooper, on break from college.
0: I met Zach at soccer camp, if my math is correct, which who knows, I dropped out of school. He is my third oldest friend. Zach is someone who completely shifted the trajectory of my life, and I most definitely wouldn't be where I am today without him. What were some of the things we did while I was at, uh... School, quote-unquote? Yeah. Yeah, well, we traveled as much as we could. Um, You traveled more than me because I would have to figure out creative ways to leave school. We achieved this through a sneaker reselling business that we had. We spent pretty much every single dime we made on traveling uh, and some that we didn't. And while I can't encourage going into debt to travel the world, it was one of the best experiences that we ever had. And um, we were able to make money through our travels. We would tend to go places that we knew we could uh, make a profit on so like if there was like an exclusive sneaker release in england we would fly to england sell the shoes make the money and just squeak by on like bagels and whatnot getting the cheapest hotel rooms it was it was a blast i mean you technically used that as your education all the th- experiences we had and the things you learned while we were traveling you're very proficient at a lot of things that most people that are in college
5: would not be proficient at and you didn't have to pay a single like cent or dollar really
0: for traditional teaching. You've paid money for like experiences and things that have helped like teach you certain important things. If there was an exciting adventure that someone offered me, I took it. I twice lived with someone that I just met for an entire month. Yes, that actually happened. I would just meet someone and they would just invite me to live with them. Yeah, one of them did turn out to be a pathological liar, but that's not the kind of experience you're gonna get at a normal school. It was through all this that I decided to start a YouTube channel. I'd always been really into filmmaking. Max and I used to make these James Bond knockoff movies.
2: Yeah, I love your costume, but you'll look better in prison orange.
0: But I thought YouTube was this place that you had to be really good to upload to, like you had to be a professional. And then I saw some really bad YouTube videos and I thought, hey, I can do that. So I started my channel. I just started uploading random stuff and, you know, getting better, I guess you could say honing my craft. Um, And before I knew it, I had 30,000 subscribers.
3: He started doing YouTube. He started getting YouTube um, subscribers, and the next thing I knew, he was there were more and more subscribers, and they were coming at a at a pretty fast rate.
0: It was really exciting, you know. You see, like all these numbers are going up and up, and people are just commenting, and everyone loves you. But eventually, it stops, and um, of course, it did for me. This was around the time of my. I guess what would be my senior year of high school. I never thought that I would actually do YouTube as a career. It was making like, you know, I think I made like $900 one month, which is pretty good. But in America, it's it's not enough to survive. With that being said, I did have all these skills. So I started getting freelance jobs and you know, again, it wasn't like a, a real living, but I wouldn't have technically been out of high school yet, so I considered it to be pretty great. I do think it's also worth mentioning that as soon as I turned 16, I told my mom to stop filing stuff with the state. So as of this point, I was officially dropped out of school. I was getting pretty good work. Nobody ever asked me for a high school diploma or a college degree or anything. They just hired me based on my previous stuff. I was really proud that I'd effectively dropped out of middle school and was still succeeding.
3: I remember Ari telling me, you- a number of times and pretty early on that he that he was pretty determined to show people that they didn't have to go to school.
0: From my friends, to their parents, to my guidance counselor, to our school principal and beyond. I just wanted to show people that they were completely fucking wrong. Anyone that had ever doubted me and told me that people who leave middle school end up homeless was going to eat their words. And I honestly don't think I ever would have touched a textbook again if it weren't for...
1: I'm Kendra Urbino, and I am a freshman in college right now.
0: If I'd gone to high school, you could say that she was my high school crush.
1: I mean, I'm definitely someone who believes you
0: should go to school, but... Exactly, which meant I wasn't going to get away with my usual, I was homeschooled, blah blah bullshit. I actually remember right where I was standing, it was in my closet, I was painting the ceiling, because I decided, why don't I just renovate my parents' house for the spring, all the... Great things that can happen if you let your children stay home. Not to mention another skill I picked up without school. That was my choice, by the way. They didn't ask me to do that. I renovated the entire house. But I was standing in my closet with a massive paint roller doing the ceiling. And it dawned on me that my only way out of this one was to actually get a GED.
1: I think I just like brought it up like all the time.
0: So I realized that this is my only option. So I cracked open the books and went online essentially learned all of high school in about three months. Of course, by this point, any hope that this ridiculous plan of getting a GED to, I guess, seduce Kendra was, uh, that plan failed. <laughs> uh, but I, I hadn't come that far to just come that far. But more importantly, I was sick of feeling inferior to all my friends who went to normal school. You know how many times I've been made fun of for misspelling a word or like accidentally writing the wrong number? And then everyone's like, oh, it's a stupid homeschool kid. It was weird. I knew that I was better than that, and I had a lot of pride about not going to school, but at the same time, I just felt inferior. So like I said before, I got out all the stuff, learned everything that I needed to. Um, I think it took me about an hour and a half a day for three months, and I passed the GED.
1: It took a lot of convincing to get you to take, take your GED and get it, but I think if I'm correct, you're happy that you did it.
0: I have mixed feelings regarding it. I'm a little disappointed that I got it because now I can't say that I had no school education. (laughs) Uh, But stupid bragging rights aside, I am proud that I did it. I'm proud that I forced myself to do something that I really didn't want to do. And I think it's just shown me that I can really achieve whatever I want.
1: You got your GED and you didn't really want to do it. And that's like such a bigger thing. I think that helped you grow a lot.
0: Of course, immediately after I got my GED, I thought it would be fun to take the SAT and then go off to college. My name
3: is Chris Rangulis. I attended Queens College.
0: The original introduction I had for Chris was that he's like a brother to me. But I have this note from our producer Shane, which says we need more info on Chris. I assume he's an SAT tutor. This is funny to me because Chris never took his SATs, and this is like the farthest thing from what he is. You can think of Chris as almost my therapist. I just know him really well, talk to him a lot, and confide my most personal thoughts with him.
3: I remember like a year and a half ago when you were considering going to school right around the time like you took your GED. Even then, I didn't feel comfortable with the idea of you going to school. If I felt like then that you were just like dicking around, then I would have encouraged that idea. You were saying it out of frustration.
0: I guess I eventually determined that the only reason I wanted to go to college was that I could put off actually having to work for another four years. And once I came to that realization, I just really pulled up my bootstraps and went whole hog on everything I was doing. But not before I took the SAT. I ended up getting a 1,100, which is a full 41 points better than the national average, but more importantly, higher than a few of my friends who made fun of me for not going to school. You could chalk this up to me being good at standardized tests, but I prefer to think it's because none of this matters. Which brings us back to Max.
5: Maximilian William de Caesar, expelled from high
0: school. (laughs) Max was expelled because of a recent law change in New York that required all students to get vaccinations unless they had very specific medical exemptions.
5: When I was younger, I got vaccinated, almost died from a vaccine.
0: All right, so I figured we would just take a second to Elaborate on this. Max is not an anti vaxxer. Max does not believe that Bill Gates is injecting microchips into everyone. He just quite literally had a very serious reaction to multiple vaccines. He actually had the previous medical exemption. He's just no longer covered under the new laws and doesn't want to risk a potentially serious reaction. It is worth noting these kind of reactions are rare. Sucks for Max though.
5: They gave you two weeks at the beginning of the school year for everyone to get vaccinated and. I took those two weeks just to go to school and do nothing and play soccer. Then on the 14th day, I was expelled and told I could never come back again. And if I were to come back, I would have my principal herself would be fined personally out of her wallet, not the school's fund, out of her wallet, $2,000 per vaccine per day.
0: Max was missing 36 vaccines, which left him with three options, receive them and potentially die, have his principal find $72,000 a day or leave school. He decided to leave.
5: Well, what I think school teaches people to do is just like follow like the set pattern and the map, the guide to everyday life. Like you go home, you have to get your homework done, you have to study, you have to come to school tomorrow, you have a test. None of that information is ever gonna help you. Let's say I wanna become a neurosurgeon or like an astronaut five years or like five, ten years down the road, am I really gonna remember my algebra I did? No, I'm gonna have to relearn all that stuff. So in my opinion, it's really pointless. You should be teaching them stuff you're actually gonna be using. Like the stuff I kinda had to teach myself when I dropped out of school, you know? And the stuff you had to teach. Like what? Like your fucking taxes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's not to say the system's entirely bad. There's a young generation of teachers coming up and I wish I could have had them.
1: Hi, my name is Emma and I have a degree in elementary education.
0: We had a whole segment here about the flaws of traditional schooling and things that could be done better. How everything is taught to the test.
1: A lot of it is, how can you teach to a test?
0: A test that doesn't necessarily reward people who have actually learned something.
1: It's honestly very inadequate for measuring who people are and who they are as like individuals.
0: And curriculum that just doesn't make any sense.
1: Even as a teacher, like, I love learning, but also like, you just hate the education system too, and it's, oh.
0: Specific guidelines that prevent you from getting truly hands-on with the kids. I could, I could have said that a lot better, but I'm just gonna leave it. The school system has its flaws. They're huge problems that have been around for decades. Problems I'm not gonna be able to solve for everyone. So I figured I'd solve them for myself and make you this guy. And unfortunately, it's not a one size fits all answer, but it's my answer. And this is my show.
4: You always told me that you didn't want to be a classroom kid and that you weren't a classroom kid. Um, So when you dropped out of school, I was like, that's kind of what he needs to do.
1: It's not that you dropped out of school because you couldn't do it and you're stupid. It's just not, it's not that Ari Kagan's not cut out for public school, public school's not cut out for Ari Kagan.
3: Well, if Ari had stayed in school, he wouldn't have been happy. He would have been fighting the system the whole time. And he clearly had had bad experiences. Um, And teachers can be awful. I was awful when I, in my 20s, I remember doing some really awful things, yelling at kids. I mean, it's just, it's such a construct. You know, it was beneficial to you every time. You know, maybe not every time, but you tried to make it beneficial. And, uh... You know, you were figuring it out. Like, you know, at, at some point I just had this sense that he was a, an enigma, and he was just gonna do it his own way, and that he was very motivated to do that.
1: I don't know, I met you, and you're the first person I know who hasn't done school. And look at you, like, you're doing fine.
0: Somebody once told me that only one in 27,000 people becomes a professional soccer player. I forget who told me this, but I think what they meant was that I should be more realistic, that my chances were so slim that I shouldn't bother trying. Well, you know what? Someone does it. Of course, those who end up becoming the one in 27,000 are thought of as somehow better than everyone else, destined to succeed from the start. And you could argue that, but you could also argue their chance of success multiplied by six times with their first kick of the ball. I can't recommend dropping out, or not even going to begin with, because school can give such a great foundation to everything. And I'm only 19, so I don't want to say this is a complete success, because so far it's only a success until now. But the truth of the matter is, you don't need traditional school. You just need a passion for learning, and you have to trust that that passion will take you wherever you want to go, which is why I created this show, a show about curiosity, learning new things. Because if I'd never dared look outside my own walls, I wouldn't be making a podcast with one of my favorite directors. I'd be in a school somewhere, taking a midterm for something I didn't have much interest in. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I don't know. Don't listen to me. I dropped out of middle school. Things You Don't Need to Know is a Hyper Object and 3 Uncanny 4 production. The show is toasted. It's not toasted. It's hosted. The show is hosted and written by me, Ari Kagan, a rare mistake from our hero. And produced by Harry Nelson and also me. Additional help from Shane McKeon and Nuna Sharafadine. Our executive producers are Adam McKay and Laura Mayer. The show is mixed by Nice Manners. I always have to take a breath after that. If you like things you don't need to know, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and hit subscribe. Also, if you leave a review, it really helps us out. So uh, if you made it this far, you're you're probably going to leave a good review. So many thanks, and see you next week.